So if we titled the message today, I would title it The Natural Man. And I'm going somewhere with this because we are not born in God to just walk in the natural. If, if you don't know that, you are a supernatural creature. We're above the nor- normal. We're new creatures. Now, we've heard that verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. We're new creatures. Old things have passed away. All things are of God. I've heard that my whole life. I was raised in church. I, I, I've heard that. But, you know, that's not meant to be a theological statement. That's to be an empowering message from heaven that sparks life, action, strength, and power that's on, on the inside of it. And when I was growing up, I grew up in a little town uh, called Parkdale, Oregon. How many's ever heard of Parkdale, Oregon? Nobody. <laughs> it is, it's in the, right at the foothills of Mount Hood. Um, it um, is tiny, small town. On a great day, our church had 35 people in it on a great day. And anyway, it, it is what it was for small town church. I, we were there faithful every single Sunday. And I thought growing up in this church that all the churches were just like ours. I thought there was a, we called it the Brown Church. I think it was a Presbyterian in Parkdale. There's two churches. And I thought, well, they just do the same things that we do, but we just like each other better than we like those people. So, you know, we, we just thought it was, or, or they have better picnics or something like that. You know, you know how the natural man thinks. So we, but I just thought all churches were, were, were just the same. My church was like their church and they, so many of them, they just must like collect to personality types and likes. But we, we were there every Sunday, but time goes on. I grew up there as I grew up, become a teenager and, and things. I begin to wonder, is, is this the limits? Is this the ceiling? Is this all there is? Now, the church was, had a good, solid, fundamental aspect about it. It was a, a, a Jesus church. It was a Bible church. And it had great foundations. The messages were primarily a lot of Old Testament they brought out that aspect of it, you know, the, all the figures and the things they did in the temples and stuff, their principles, Proverbs. We heard a lot of good things. It was a, it was a good church, but they had a ceiling on it. And they just talked about the things that kept people from thinking like the devil. And they kept people from hitting their sister. I had six sisters growing up. I always say that. <laughs> So, and my, 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 and I was the seventh of eight, and I was rambunctious, if you could believe that. Hard, I know. But every once in a while, I would hear this phrase, don't hit your sister. So, you know, that's kind of what happens in church when you are a fundamental, is it's like, you know, don't steal, don't, don't, don't uh, backbite, all those things, the thou shalt not. I heard a lot of that. And, and you know what? That's not wrong. That's, that's primarily what the Old Testament was, is don't do this and don't do Thou shalt not this and thou shalt not that. And that's not wrong. It's not erroneous teaching. But I just found I didn't hear anything else. I didn't hear about the things that God brought in the New Testament to us, like life and life abundantly. I, I just really never heard an inspirational message. I heard messages, stay in your lane. Stay in the God lane. 
Uh, I can remember going, I'm not just downing that, but I just, this is where a lot of people are. Not this house, but a lot of people are. Is that I, I remember growing up till I was a teenager, like 14, 15. I remember receiving communion once. Now see, that's, that's just not living the life like we should. We could. God wants us to have life and life abundantly. He wants us to carry on like Jesus carried on from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In fact, the life that I now live, I live by the faith or just like Jesus in this earth. That's my pursuit. Have I arrived? No, but that's my pursuit. Are y'all out there? In, in Ephesians, we won't go there, but Ephesians 5 and 27, that Jesus says that he, or, or the, the Spirit says through the apostle, that he is returning for the glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. To me, that's a high bar. That's a ceiling that's gone. The glorious church. I, I taught several series on that because it motivates me. That's where I'm. I am a pastor. I lead uh, uh, our house. And I want our church to never plateau out, but to keep its enthusiasm, to keep its joy, to keep its fire and its burn on the inside of them. But all these things, the world is an expert in telling the church, you just need to back off. You know, we, we a, down, down south in our country, there's this real phrase that they use called the separation of church and state. And years ago, they, they, they pull that phrase from Thomas Jesson, one of our forefathers, pull that phrase from there. And it was meant state, world system, government. You can't tell the church how to run its business, how to obey Jesus, how to pray in the spirit, how to lay hands upon people, how to evangelize, how to bring people into a glorious life, an eternal life. But they flip-flop that like the world does. They say, church, you just stay out of people's business. That's our job. And that's just, you know, that's not a government fault. That's a devil fault. And he's always, it doesn't matter what government you got. He's always trying to make the church smaller than it really is. You know what? Jesus' church. Jesus says, I will build my church. Not the denomination church. I will build my church. That's where, that's, that's where there's no ceiling. And the hell will not prevail against it. Have we seen any hell prevailing against? Now, I don't know what it was up here, but I know down there, they, they boxed down anything that had to do with God, its effectiveness in ministry. They shut churches down. They shut praise and worship down. And I kind of like said, well, maybe they have good intentions. In about three weeks, I figured out, you know, they don't have good intentions. <laughs> their goal is not, their goal is not to bring glory to the church and bring people to Jesus. It's to shut it down. Anyway, I won't go into all that process because it stirs me up. But I want to look at a verse here in 2 Timothy 3. It's okay if I read out of the Bible today, right? Okay. How many brought their Bible? My wife doesn't bring a Bible. She brings an electronic device. But I bring the Bible just like Jesus used. So. Here, let me put on my eyes here for a minute. 
I want to look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, and correction. And for instruction in righteousness. Now, you know, I'm not boxing anybody down. I'm not against nobody. But I am for God. And I am for the church to elevate and be the salt and light Jesus said. I want to be a part of the church Jesus is building and not the church denominations built. I'm not against their forum. I grew up in one. But I'm telling you, we got to have a launching pad instead of a, of a rut. And... He said, all scripture is to inspire you. Have you been in a church where you weren't inspired? In a service you weren't inspired? In a message, a preaching, a a talk, you weren't inspired. But all scripture is given for a positive, to keep you on the right direction and the right road. Why? Because God wants to build his church. Just like the, the system when Jesus walked into the earth and he started showing it off. Blind eyes see, ears hear. People were brought out of darkness. People were healed of incurable diseases. And, and they had thought process change. It brought people out of uh, uh, denominational uh, uh, strongholds into a brand new system. And see, Jesus is still wanting to change people. We can't, but we can't do it by being in the natural. We have to learn how to walk in the Spirit. It's not an option. He says, walk in the spirit and you won't be carnal. That's what he's saying. Let's read that one more verse right after that. It says, all scripture is given to profit. It's to help and bless. But in verse 17, that the man, the woman, it's not a gender. The man, the woman of God may be what? One translation says complete. The King James says perfect. Perfect. Now that's a big word, isn't it? And denominations will not let you say that. Now, I am not perfect, but I am pressing to the mark and the prize of the high calling. I don't have a seat. I'm on my road. I'm not there yet. But some people say, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you were an old sinner, but grace is bigger than keeping you attached to the old sinner. The old sinner, he wants to go back to things. You ever notice that? Are y'all out there? I don't want to lose nobody, but I might. I'm not sure but that we may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Not just preachers, not just Pastor Joel, not just the leadership, eldership, deaconship, whatever it is here, but every one, this is for every one of us. Lift the ceilings off of your life. You got a, a stronger position a stronger anointing and a stronger power, a greater influence that you ever realize. Now, I'm not telling you these things because it's a script. These are things that I am stirring on the inside of me. You know, the Bible talks about scriptures in, 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 in Mark, I believe it is, that, uh, where he says, sower sows the word. And throw some seed out, doesn't do any good. Some takes a little bit, but then it goes away. And then the next one is it lasts for a little bit. You see some green, see some sprout. But then the devil, circumstances, pressures, pain, tests and trials, they come and they steal that word right out of life and you go back to the thing that you were before. But he says, so these are they that are on good soil. Amen. See, the seed 
will work every time if the soil will keep it inside. The miracle comes from the seed in the soil. So you're good soil if you let Jesus' word stay on the inside of you. And it says some 30, some 60, and some 100. How many, how many have read that verse before in the Bible? It's a big verse because it tells you your possibility and your potential to be a 100 percenter. Not a 30 percenter. There's a lot of believers in the 30. You know, I got Jesus and I keep it in my heart. I go to church once in a while and, you know, I'll work Sunday school or I'll drive the bus or, or, or I'll, I'll come on work day at the church. And then, but yet, you know, I got my other life. Now, they don't say that. But what it is, it's the old man, the natural man, still having influence over the spirit man to where you cannot do what you want. There's a verse in the scripture that says, the things that I want to do, I don't. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Oh, what a wretched man I am. So he's not a wretched man from the point that he's saved. But there's this pull. The natural man that wants to go back to there. Every, every, uh, after been born again, saved, filled with the Spirit, you want to get angry at something so mad that you may lose your cool. Lose your temper. No hands raised on that one. You ever get so uh, born again, spirit filled, love God, come to church, and something happens on the work site. Something happens. You you smash your thumb, or you fender bender, or or somebody uh, tries to hack your system and steal your money or your information or data, and something on the inside of you goes wham. Your temper rises up. Something happens, and you say something to your wife, or your husband, or your husband probably. Just saying. I'm just saying. Now listen, this is real stuff. You say, I'm so stupid. I've heard people say, I'm just so stupid. You know that? And you're, and you're born again. You're a new creature. Second Corinthians 5:17. Old things are past. Why do we still go back and claim and let that stuff frustrate us and drag us back into maybe weeks of Sad, mad, and bad. Am I connecting with anybody? Listen, why is the devil and his system causing the church to not reach or look like it's a glorified church without spot or wrinkle? It's because our outside is so influenced that it affects the fullness that he made us to be. I'm working on this for me. We work, we work in a world system that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So why would we ever let it win? It's because our outside man is more influenced than we want to admit. You know, we're having a building process. We would love everybody to give. Let's give a little extra so we can furnish it and decorate it. So when the world sees it, say, look, look what the Lord has done. But your outside man says, we ain't going to do that. I got cable television I'm paying for this month. Or I gotta get this, or I gotta, you know, your outside man is built to submit to the inside man. But all too often, our outside man wins. Are you out there, church? Now, this is how I preach on my Sunday. Let me ask a question, kind of off my notes. How many know that Jesus 
took care of sickness on the cross. Has there been any disease that he did not cover? That he did not annihilate? When he hung on the cross, he went into the pit of hell and he put his neck, or his foot on the neck of the devil. And he was rose, risen from the dead to where healing and, and deliverance came to everybody. So then why? And again, this is my question. This is my pursuit. It's not my challenge to you. So then why? If he took care of cancer, why does it have the effect on the people of God that it has? Why? Well, there's a thousand reasons, but one of them is, is that we've been duped to think that cancer's a big deal. And that God maybe had a purpose in the sickness or some other blah, blah, blah thing. But if he took care of it all and he told me to speak to the mountain... Why doesn't the mountain move? It says, and Jesus said it, it should obey you. The church is meant to be glorious now. When, we, when Jesus went, he healed them all. We're the body of Christ now. Doctrinal, denominational scapegoats and things. Well, this is a reason why sickness wins. And I'm telling you, he took sickness and sent him to, Isaiah prophesied of it. Matthew 8, 17, re-spoke it, and 1 Peter 2, 24, said it again. Himself took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we We are. It, it says it in one place, past tense, were. Listen, I despise cancer. I, I remember I used to, I started going these things. My mom was still in the denomination church, and I was starting to roll in ministry. And I would say, like, Mom, we're going to cast the devil out. We're, we're going to talk to that sickness, and it's going to go. We're going to tell the devil, out of the house. And my mom, because she was steeped. I love my mom. Still, she's in heaven. But she's the golden lady. She put up with me for a long time. And I can, I can remember saying things... Uh, uh, Demanding things. Get your hands off, devil. This is God's property. Get out of the money. Get out of the head. Get out of the family. Get out. And mom says, son, you're going to make the devil mad. <laughs> Have you ever thought that? Oh, don't say that because the devil may come back on you and storm you. I'm telling you, that sucker belongs underneath our feet, not in our head. But, but we get couched with this stuff. Now, down south, that's what I call where I live, there... They beat us up and had us terrified of the COVID like the COVID was something Jesus didn't die for. It's all psycho junk in your head. And I'm thinking, no, he took care of that too. I defy the COVID just like I do, just like I do cancer, just like I do mental illness. I know Christians that have to go to therapists. I'm not against that. I have doctors. I have people that work in that field in our church. I'm not against that at all. I'll take any help that I can. But there comes a time that we need to be more than help. We need to be delivered. Right, church? We need to have a fire and a vehemence on the inside. of us. I hate the devil and what he does. I'm not silent about it. I cast him out in the name of Jesus. Now, you are qualified to do that 
because you're a new creature. And he would like to keep you thinking that you still have a heavy attachment to the old world, to the natural man, so that he can spook you. He can shut you down. Like a lot of our churches down south, they oh, I wouldn't do that. Government says you can't do that because this is a bad one. And I'm telling you, well, I got a good one. His name is Jesus, and he put all that stuff underneath the feet. See, we, we rev that stuff up, and we had, we had government people come around checking us out and asking us this and trying to get us in. And just, no, we are not. And again, I'm not against our government. God bless America. I'm not, I'm not against, and God we trust. I, I'm not against any of those things, but I'm telling you, the church is bigger than governments, bigger than denominations, bigger than sicknesses and disease. We all believe that Jesus took care of every sickness, right? So be intolerant of it. But for that to, do the, to happen in a powerful way, you've got to have more confidence of you, the new creature, and the Christ that lives inside of you. And when you speak, it's just the same as he speaks. When you, he says, you go in my name, you are speaking in his stead. We got to believe that. We got to work that in our lives. Now, let me revert back to my message a little bit. Kind of got off on trail. <laughs> when I was raised in this denomination church, then I, we, I went to high school. And in one of my classes, there was a girl behind me, it turned out to be we call her Miss Linda because we had several Lindas in our church. So she was there and I noticed her. Imagine that. 17 year old boy noticing girls. <laughs> I'm special. <laughs> now anyway, so we just started, and her, her, her brother was a friend of mine. So we started, you know, connecting a little bit like that. She, she coerced me to taking her out to dinner. <laughs> And, and at the same time, she was a, she was a God girl. She's, she's only known God since she was raised and, and walked through the valleys and shadows, but kept her commitment and position with the Lord tight and right. So I like that because I was raised in church. I like that part of us. Part of me liked to do world stuff, but part of me loved the righteousness that she portrayed and the church that she went to and so on. And so, so where's, what's the battle there? The outside man wants to do outside things. But the inside man wants to do God things. Who's winning in your world? Now, the only way you're going to have the outside man, outside man totally defeated is to die. Earth attachment. But the, what we have to grow our skills with is how to be a spirit God, uh, Holy Ghost, light to the world person 24-7, and gaining momentum. I've, I've been around a while, but man, I am totally not on top of the, on the ladder yet. I am pressing to the mark and the prize. I have a fire on the inside. I love what I do because I keep that fire burning. And where's that fire burning? Inside of the new creature. I've got to keep old things passed away and keep that down. That's why you crucify the flesh. You put the old man down. That's what communion, communion reminds you that you are just like the risen Savior. Amen. So anyway, back to my story. So 
we started connecting, and then she invited me to church. And at that time, they had a Sunday morning, Sunday night. And then Sunday night at that time, it was a little Pentecostal church. And, and there that, that they focused on evangelism and spirit time. So I said, oh, okay, I'll go to church. I, I raised in church. I'm a God man. Oh, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. I was just nothing but a carnal in-between man. I knew I needed God, but man, my flesh was gaining momentum. Anybody know what I'm talking about with that? You get into those, those teenage years, your flesh wants momentum, wants to feel, touch, smell experience. So that was rolling my life. So, but I went to, I still had that voice inside of me, which was the God factor in my life. So I went to church, and, and this church was not my church. My church was mainline denominational practices. They preached, you can't, thou shall not. Preachers like, you got to do this, you got to do that. The law, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Every other day is a wild card, but remember the Sabbath day. So, But see, that's Old Testament law. That's what the spirit that they had. That's why the Pharisees, they were steeped in that. And God manifest in the flesh came around them. They wanted to kill him. Why was that? Their outside man, carnal man, denominational man, was in enmity, opposition with God. So I, would, I went to this church with her, and here are these people. They, this, this was the spirit-filled church. They was lifting their hands, and I said, what's that about? They don't raise their hands in my church. And they were clapping their hands, and they were singing. Some of the sisters were dancing in the aisles. And I'm thinking, these people are crazy. These people are out there. These guys are smoking dope. It's got to be. It's just, it, it was like so, it was so foreign to me. To see people clapping their hands and lifting their hands in church. Sometimes they have altar calls and then people come up and kneel and think, they never do that in my church. And I thought my church was like every church. But you know what it was? D-O-A. That means dead on arrival. Whenever I went in, this church was dead spiritually. But they were good people, but they just had a ceiling and they would not go above it. So they were clapping their hands, they were lifting their hands, some of them, and, and they would, every once in a while, they'd have one of the sisters speak in tongues, and, an, and, and another one, or a guy or something, would prophesy, or, or interpret it. And then we'd have people come in, they'd lay hands upon, and people would fall under the anointing of God. And I'm thinking, what is the matter with these people? And so I would talk with, with Linda. You see, I went to that church to get Galvation, but I wound up getting salvation. <clears throat> So anyway, I went to church, and, and we would, uh, I, I, or after church, I would talk to you, sister, you know, that's all wrong. That stuff's wrong. They don't do that at our church, and our church is like the example. Like Jesus used us as an example. And so I would, I would, I would, I would try to argue the point with her. You know how stupid it is? Nobody taking their hands on that one either. So I, but I would argue these points, and then, but I would go back to church with her, and I'd see this spectacle. People, every once in a while, somebody would dance, and they'd come and kneel at the altar. They'd lay hands upon the people. They'd pray in tongues. You want to feel the Holy Spirit? People would get filled with the Holy Ghost. They'd pray in tongues. I'm thinking, this stuff is, is extreme. This stuff is erratic. Wait till you get to heaven. Yeah. You're going to see out there, people, because there's no inhibitions. So I would talk to her, and we'd talk back and forth, and then I'd go to church service again, they'd read a scripture, and they'd show the things that they were doing is what we should be doing. And something came upon me. Something switched on the inside of me. 
Ephesians says, the eyes of their understanding being lightened, that they would know the hope of their calling. So that blew up in me, and I'm thinking, you know what? They're right. I've been wrong. I've been in a rut, and they've been pressing to the mark and the prize. They weren't perfect, but I'm telling you, they were far more on the road to perfection than I ever was. And it was an epiphany. You know what that word means? It was a strange occurrence for me. My eyes opened up, and I became one of them. And you know what? I'm getting more so as the time goes on. Because I want to reach what we read, read there, that, that perfection, that perfection that he called us. Old things, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Old things are passed away. All things are new, and all things are of God. I was in that transition time of letting the new things override the habits of the old things. The outer man. I've had this, this thought that, uh, that working on the inside of me about my, by the, the spirit man versus the flesh man. The natural man. The carnal man. And if for, that every church should be as full as this one. Go into your new building. It's going to fill up when we have the message. God has a hope for you that's eternal. And he'll make you just like the risen Savior. Now, see, we're not like Jesus on the earth. We're just like him, risen, conquering king. It's in 1 John, I think it's 4. It says, as he is, so are we in this world. There's not one cancer. I've had several people die in my family, big family, cancer. And they're not going to die anymore without a fight for me. For me now I don't have all the answers and I'm certainly not bragging on me in my natural but I'm telling you he said you speak to the mountain and it should obey you I'm, I'm, I'm getting that deep in my hard drive most people have the mountain speak to them and they obey it oh that bad virus is out there oh let's go Let's go hide. Let's go cover up. Let's go sanitize. Let's do it. There's nothing that we can do in the natural to override the curse. It takes a spiritual position and a fortitude and an ownership. Of, he said, you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. You talk to mountains, and they go, the mountains aren't really mountains. The mountains are all these things that invade and control the believer's life. As he is... So am I. Now, there's a, that's a great phrase for all of us to say, but you've got to make it yours. As he is, so are we in this world. Let, let me, um, uh, what time do I get done? Three? Was that, what, what's normal? Okay, well, well, we'll hurry up here. So you're going to have to hang on these verses. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 2.14. I'm going to try to, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. You need to write them down. Underline it in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 2. Are we doing okay? Now listen, if I mess everything up, Pastor Joel, then bring in the clamp crew. But I'm just pouring out what I got. So 1 Corinthians 2. And... (laughs) Sorry. 
Okay, 14, 2 and 14. But the natural man, I call him the outside mind, the OM, the outside mind. The nat- this is King James. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So God says, with his stripes you were healed. Oh, he can't be healed. I got a family degenerative uh, hereditary deal. Everybody in my family gets this thing, gets that thing, gets another thing. It stops because you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Get off of that train. Get on the new one. New creatures. I'm a new creature. The natural man receives not this way. Oh, God wants you to prosper so you can be a true giver and you can build the kingdom of God. Oh, I don't want to prosper. I don't want to do this. Well, he says with his stripes, you're healed. And my, my God meets all your needs according to his riches. He became poor that you might become rich. No, I'm not becoming rich so you can be a jet-setting playboy or a playgirl. God prospers you to be that new creature that's making a difference in the world. You see, with me, he owns it all. He owns everything. And he could use anything he wants. But you've got to change that from your head, psychological. God owns it all. Yeah, you do. Hold on. i got to stop. i got to keep moving on. Move on. Two and, uh, let's finish this up. The natural man, the outside man, which you cannot let be in charge, receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I'm trying to bring something in a way to get us, get our discerner thinking. That you're no longer controlled by the outside man. I asked the question, how long are you going to live? You need to have spontaneous, with long life does he satisfy me? And show me. Now my body wants to tell me things differently. My body wants to tell me you're 72 years old. And you don't act like that no more. And I'm thinking, you are not in charge, body. I say a phrase, I, I, I expound on it in search, but I tell my body what to do instead of it telling me what it's going to do. I talk to knee joints, I talk to elbows, I talk to shoulders, I talk to eyes. You gotta have confidence that it should obey you. Are y'all out there? I hope I'm not blowing you out of the saddle here. But you gotta talk, I talk to my, my body. Say, so you wanna get up. You're not gonna lay around, you're not gonna be lazy. You don't, I'm, I'm not, I am never ever Never ever say never ever. never ever ever going to retire. When I go to heaven, I'll hit aside that. But while I'm here, I'm on the horse. I'm in the game. Long life. He doesn't say I worked 65 and you can retire. It's not in my vocabulary because that, where'd that thought come from? It did not come from the king. He says, "I finally got you to where you're a little bit of good. So stay working. Get out in the field." But the natural man will say, you need to retire, you need to take a break. Now again, people can change. I have friends that have, and they jump right into another stream. Good for them. I'm not boxing nobody that is not doing, they take their natural retirement, but we can never spiritually retire. Never, ever, ever. And again, if somebody has, don't, don't, I'm not boxing you, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just telling you, on the inside of you, you never retire. Because when you start thinking retirement, maybe you retire spiritually too. And you never give the devil a break. Run that sucker in the ground. Treat him like a redheaded stepchild. Just beat him up. 
beat him up, give him no place. So I talk to my body all the time. I say, you don't know. I believe this. I'm saying this out of my mouth. I'm saying it clear. I believe I have driven out arthritic things out of my body. Because you know why? It should obey me. Yes, sir. Arthritis is no place. I give no place, especially to my core family, the tight and close ones. I, I, I refuse to let the devil bring them into carnality and worldliness and depressions and stuff. I said, no, that's my house. That's my house. Hell will not prevail against me. Now listen, here's a biggie. Are you ready for a biggie? How many are ready for a biggie? Three people? Okay, I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> the Bible says, take captive every thought. You ever do something and say, I was such a loser. You know, that's a thought that the devil wants you to buy in so you think, I'm a loser. You're not a loser. Because you're not natural. You're born of God. Create. You are, as scripture says, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Your life is no longer your own. You are hid in the palm of God's hand. So what do we let the world Take us down roads to where you become inactive. Oh, I'm, I'm over the hill. No, I'm climbing a hill. I'm never over the hill. Now, I, I'm not just a positive thinker. I'm a positive spirit man. I'm learning what God says about me. I keep my thinking in line. I know Christians that, that go, again, I'm not trying to put anybody down because it's their lifeline. But I know strong believers that have to go to psychiatrists. I'm not against that. Don't think that I'm boxing that down. And I, but, and because that's, that's what they know and they hope will work for them. But here's what I'm telling you. I got the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. She says, take captive every thought. And I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. They don't know what a difference between a world thought, a, a devil thought, or a God thought. And oftentimes they'll listen more to a secular worldly thought. And they camp on it. Scripture says this. What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So why do we let our house get invested? I, Rick Sharkey, born of God, new creature, filled with the Spirit. I'm in charge of this body. Not diseases, not sicknesses, not tired, not afflictions. No, I say, body, straighten up. Stop it. You reject that. You cannot take that. And I tell you, you pain, you got to go. Stiffness, you got to go. Dull of hearing, you got to go. I got good hearing. He said he made the see and eye and the hear and ear. That's what my package is. So you got to raise that up. You got to say, you got to be bold with it. I'm a, little, I'm a little bold and a little edgy with it. I'm not edgy with you. I'm edgy with me. I'm not going to let that stuff come in my family, my house, my body, my family, my house. Let's look at one more verse. I got 40 minutes more. We're going to be out of here before you know it. Look, look at Galatians with me. I love this verse. It goes right along with 1 Corinthians 2. Galatians 5. Look at this here. It goes right with what we're talking about. It says 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. Now who's he writing? He's writing to the church at Galatia. He's talking to believers. He's not talking to secular people. 
He's talking to believers and it says, your flesh is fighting and warring. Other translations, uh, I don't have time. I, I got them written on my phone. But your flesh is in combat with your spirit where the Holy Spirit lives. And how many times does it win? Oh, I got the arthritis. Oh, I got the cancer. I, I hear people say that. And I tell you, I refuse the devil. It will not come in. The, the flesh wants to be in charge. How many know that's true? And when I got saved, I mean, I went to church my whole time, but I was carnal. And I smoked cigarettes. Anybody ever know that? Anybody ever smoke cigarettes? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just trying to provoke you. I see you, and I see you, and I see you. So, so I smoked cigarettes, and, and I was addicted to them. Got in the construction world, graduate. I smoked cigarettes. And then my spirit man says, what are you doing? It's ruining your lungs. It's ruining your health. I mean, I, I didn't hear those words, but it's rising up. You've got to take care of this. It's a bad testimony. You stink. It costs you money, and it'll kill you. I think those are a pretty good list of getting rid of that stuff. So I was smoking and had this conviction. And, and my spirit says, you know, Jesus, help me do this. Jesus, help me do this. I don't want to do this anymore. That's where I was at. But I'm telling you, those cigarettes, they won a lot of arguments. Yeah. Same thing. You know, people get addicted to, to the phone. I can't put it down. It's a big deal. Now, I know it would happen in Canada, but it happens down south. <laughs> Addicted to the phone, they can't get. Can't, I got. I know people. I won't mention, but I know people. They are on that thing, hours a day, and it's programming them. And we say, you know what, son, you need to stop this, buddy. You need to stop this. And they says, I just can't. Just like cigarettes, only it's the mind. The devil's convinced people in their mind that they're controlled by it. They cannot do it. I'm telling you, the spirit of God in your spirit is bigger than anything that this world has to offer. But you've got to have a strong spirit. And that's where I think a lot of people at their spirit is willing, but their flesh is in charge. Isn't that what the, the scripture says? We need to be the head and not the tail. And the only way you're going to do that is to be strong in spirit Strong in soul, let this mind be in you, and my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am owned by God. And you know what? We are filled with God if Jesus is Lord in your life. Listen, if you want to really tank up, I'm going to give you one more scripture. Um, we're going to look at 1 Peter 3. Let's go there. I, I got 20 of them down here. This will be my last scripture. How many believe that in Jesus' name? Say it three times, confess it three times, and it'll happen. Just kidding, just kidding. Okay, First Peter, I'm trying to find it here. I need my wife's electronic Bible that goes automatically when you punch it. First Peter, three. Where was I at? Nobody knows. What'd you say? First Peter. I kind of lost my train of thought. I had something powerful to share, and I lost it. First Peter 3. Um, let's jump down to verse 4. I'm, I may share a little bit of this at, at, at our... We have some ministers gathering together. It says, don't, in the previous verses, don't let it be your outside man that's in charge. Amen. I 
much time? Oh, I've got two minutes. I've got to quit. So it says, let, it says, don't let your outside man be in charge. How you decorate. What you put on. Don't let that be in charge. He says in this verse here, let it be the hidden man of the heart that which is not corruptible. The enemy cannot make you bad. He just makes you feel bad. He makes you look bad. He makes your body hurt because that's what he can touch you with. But you know what? You're sealed. He cannot get into your hidden man. That's the spirit man. That's the new creature. I love this verse. I ponder this verse a lot. Because I want my hidden man, my new man, this the, the spirit man that's born of the spirit of God, that is filled with the spirit of God to be in charge. And you know, if you let that transition and you let it be the hidden man, you will control disease. Little ones and big ones, colds and viruses, and the ugly ones that want to consume and eat your body. No, not on this watch. I own you. Get out. It should obey you. So let me finish up. Let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a, uh, of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Ponder that verse. Write that verse down. There's several more. We don't have time. We have several more that's, that's got this premise in it. Let it be the hidden man. Let it be. Church, not one of you is meant to be a 30 percenter ultimately. I'll take 30. But every one of us is meant to be a 100 percenter. I got a, I got a series I did on the 100 percenter. The 100. My wife wants a 100 percent husband. She wants 50 percent. Listen, 50 percent husband would be dangerous to my life. She would take me out. I'm just saying. I just know her. Just know her. See, Jesus doesn't, you, you don't have to be a 30 percenter. You can be one of those fanatics that moves mountains and devils obey you. And sickness is driven out. See, I'm not there, but I'm going there. I've not arrived, but I've left the station. I'm on my way. Be provoked. The Bible says to provoke one another to love and good works. You're not a has-been. You're not a used-to-be. You're not a, well, sometime. Maybe someday I'll get there. No, you are. You, if Jesus, Jesus is Lord, you got her now. You've got him now. But you've got to let him grow to become that 100 percenter. Let's bow our heads. Father God, I just pray for this house today. God, I bless this house with whatever I have to bless this house. And there are days to come, new buildings, excitement, and that there be a generating force in this city for people to see what is going on in that house and let them see who you are. The Spirit of God quickens this place. He quickens the mortal body by the Spirit that dwells within him. Therefore, any man being Christ, he's that new creature. God, I pray that those words echo, that we go home with them, that we'll ponder these things in the morning, that we'll not be novices and mediocre Christians, lukewarm, but God on fire. The terminology, there's a fire that's burning that you put inside each of us. 
I pray in Jesus' name. If you're here today as your heads are bowed and you do not know Jesus, I don't know how you do the formality of that, how you meet, how you, you, you jump over that. But let me tell you, I was a young man, had a lot of ambition, but I was lost and I needed Jesus. And when he came into my life, he straightened my pathways. He opened up my heavens. He caused me to see when I was blind. I'm telling you, Jesus is not a religious, thou shalt not. Jesus says, you can do anything you want if you let me guide you. and put that in. Everybody pray this with me. Father God, I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross and take the old man and the sin away. And that I receive Jesus as Lord today and that my hope is in you. You give me a brightly lit path that I can walk on, and my mind is renewed, my life is yours. Fill me with your spirits. Give me hope in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You're lovely people. Thank you for letting me be with you today. Pastor Joel.